0: People start social media for one of two things. Either they stumble upon it and they kind of start it as a hobby, a pet project, and then it kind of explodes and becomes big, or other people do it very strategically. I was the latter, believe it or not. And I was gonna move to London for my master's in law when there was an internship that popped up. And I was pure academic through and through, but this was a fashion internship. There was something about it that excited me. My mom and dad were like, no, 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 this blogging thing is a yeah. nice hobby, but like, no. And I'm like, I need to trust my gut. Believe me, this is going to change our lives. That decision is the reason why I'm sitting here today. I flew to Cannes, already having a slight fever and a bit of a throat issue, but I was like, you know what, it's fine. It, it'll be fine, let's just fly. we gonna sleep a lot. The next morning, wake up, and you'll be fine. And then the next morning, I woke up looking like Shrek. Now what? Do we cancel? Mm-hmm. Do I not go? Because my fever is also getting worse. Like, this is not working. And I felt at that point, too, that beauty is not your face. And you, walking Cannes, is not for your beauty. It's for representation. It's for the message. And you didn't get to Cannes only because of your beauty. You got there because of your determination. Because of what you stand for. Like, this is information
1: no one knows. Because Want to make a podcast? Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast onto Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try and you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Millennial Mind. If you haven't already, please, 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 can you do me a massive favor and press the subscribe or follow button wherever you're listening or watching to this. Only 4% of you that watch and listen to this podcast are actually following it. And the bigger the show gets, the bigger the guests get, and the bigger the experience gets too. Thank you so much for all of your support so far. Let's get into the episode. Deepa. Hi! <laughs> Welcome to My and Mind. Thank you. Thank you for making the time for me, I know you're only here for two days, and um, for dealing with my constant emails, my DMs, speaking to like every member of a team. <laughs>
0: no, I'm so happy to
1: be here. Thank you for having me. For people who don't know who you are, give us a little bit of an introduction about yourself. Ooh! Um, <laughs> it's a hard question that one. It
0: is. How do you... Uh, I am Indian. I am born and raised in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, At the age of 17, moved to Europe and Mm. to the Netherlands. So I kind of see my life as like a half-half at this point. Uh, uh, Have you ever heard the term TCK? No. It's a third-cultured kid. Um, Okay. Basically, you've grown up in various cultures that you kind of make a culture of your own, Mm. a third culture. And I think... A lot of who I am today is because of that, like Mm -hmm. the different upbringings, the different cultures I've been exposed to, different people I've met through my life. Um, And so I think Deepa is a a combination of all these different experiences in a person. I love that. That's so (laughs) powerful. So tell me the start of your journey, because obviously we're
1: going to talk around India Mm -hmm. in a minute, but Mm -hmm. I want to know from the start, what kind of made you start social media and kind of grow as well?
0: I think people start social media for one of two things. I think it's either they stumble upon it and they mm-hmm. kind of start it as a hobby, a pet project, and then it kind of explodes and becomes vague. Or other people do it very strategically. Um, I was the latter, believe it or not. And oh, wow. so I was a law student who had nothing to do with the world of social media, didn't even know of its existence i remember it was actually a message from my brother who said hey there's this app called instagram look into it it's all about photos I'm like okay yeah but i don't even know what to do there yeah. and and i was going to move to london for my master's in law when there was an internship that popped up and i was a pure academic through and through but this was a fashion internship And I've always had an affinity to fashion, I'll say. Like, I wasn't one of those who knew everything about it, but Mm -hmm. there was something about it that excited me. So I did that internship and turns out it was the first influencer agency of Europe. And And being there... Just my world went on a whirlwind. It's like, what is, who are these girls? What is this? Yeah. The media landscape was changing at a rapid pace. People weren't reading magazines anymore, TVs, like everything became on demand, social media. So at the kind of pivotal moment, I was right there in the center of the storm, watching mm-hmm. this world change um, at like the beginning of it. Um, And in that agency, I closed deals for people like Kiara Faradni, who are like the biggest influencers now. And and I'm like, hold on a second. What is this social media thing, an influencer thing? Um, And the reason I say I did it very strategically is because in those three, four months of that internship, I realized, A, there was no Indian person doing it globally (laughs) in a big way. And I'm like, there's a lot of us, and Yeah, 1.4 billion plus all the Indians that live everywhere and South Asians to add to that. And secondly, I'm like, this can have a lot of impact. Mm. Like it's it's not just a, like I, I can see, um, at least for myself, I've always been a very like vision, plan, gold person. My vision was so clear. This, if you do this at the right time, right place, do it well, the impact you could have is unbelievable um and so as a i think 22 23 year old girl back then it just i i couldn't leave the thought of this and it just like consumed me and then i moved to london to do law and at Mm -hmm. one point i started the instagram page and was doing law at the same time wow Um, yeah what were you posting about nothing i would (laughs) post and my first investor was my mother with me, 200 pounds and said here you can buy your first outfit because I didn't have money like we were just you know I had a scholarship in law school and we were just trying to make mm-hmm. ends meet and so this 200 pounds was like my kind of budget to shop clothes from and I reused that 200 pounds many times so I'd go to <laughs> Zara buy the entire outfit keep the tags on return <laughs> it and then do that over and over again <laughs> until my first paid deal. I still remember it very clearly. It was for 250 euros with this brand called Paul Hewitt. I don't even think it exists anymore. But it was during the Daniel Wellington era. I remember there were these like watch yeah. brands, like different ones. This is one of those who sent me some bracelets that I had to post. And I got 250 euros. For <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> and this is after I think... Nine, nine to ten months of doing this, so just mm-hmm. consistently. And then, I'd, and then soon after, um, I was still at law school, and then the deals started getting in more and more. And I think I had that very difficult conversation with my Indian parents mm-hmm. saying, I think I'm going to leave. And they were like, you cannot. Of course. You cannot. We have spent too much, and like you have studied too hard, and mm. you've come too far to do this now. So had you graduated or you were looking for like a law job? Exactly. Looking for a law job. And I was like, not going to happen. And my mom and dad were like, no, 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 no. This blogging thing is a nice hobby, but like, no. And I'm like, I need to trust my gut. Believe me, this is going to change your lives." And they were like, no, it's not. And finally, I did convince them Mm -hmm. I did it. And that decision is the reason why I'm sitting here today. Honestly, it's
1: it's so inspiring, but also so relatable to me at the moment because yeah. I also studied law, yeah. didn't end up being a lawyer, but yeah. worked as a consultant. Mm-hmm. And only six months ago, now or five months ago, I said to my parents, "I'm going to quit my job mm-hmm. and I'm going to do this full time." And they were saying the same thing: "It's a hobby. Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah. You know, you're 29. You should be thinking about buying a house mm-hmm. and how you're going to have kids." And
0: yeah,
1: that's the kind of priority because yeah, we see success as one path. Mm-hmm. And often when you're doing something different, you're so scared. Yeah. But during that time, it's the most important time to have the right people around you because you yourself are uncertain about the future, right? So who was kind of pivotal in helping you make that decision? Because I can imagine, you know, you're so close to your mom. We're going to Mm. talk about her in a minute. Mm. And having someone, you know, doubt you in that way Mm. can often stop you. So what made you push through and make
0: that decision? I think... Um, I would have to give credit to my little sister. I think she's always been in those initial months especially very crucial because she helps with everything. Like we kind of tag team, like she was the one who got into photography and did all of that. So she was definitely be one. But when mom doubted it yeah. and in the beginning I think it was also a lot of self-belief and like I'm very big on like my team will also tell you this I'm very big on gut and like instinct feeling Mm -hmm. and I've learned over life also manifesting a lot of goals and achievements that believe in that power and I think Mm -hmm. I fine-tuned that over years now but um, it was that really sure surety of knowing this is going to do something bigger than me Mm -hmm. and that I needed to take that path and then I can convince my mother then. And then it's more yeah. like, Mom, look me in the eye. I'm your daughter. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, If not, you know what? I'll go find a law job. But yeah. Trust me. I'm going to do this. And yeah. she was like, All right. I'm still convinced your dad. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, I I think she is like so proud right now. I honestly. can imagine. And she is always very emotional. She's like, mm-hmm. "You made it. You did it. You were right." And as a, as a daughter, I think that's
1: the best thing she could mm-hmm. have done. So, like I said, having the right people around you is so important. Mm-hmm. And seeing your husband now, who is so supportive mm-hmm. and such a cheerle- cheerleader for you, mm-hmm. is. Something that's quite rare. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people are quite skeptical about interracial relationships. Mm-hmm. And I've spoken to a lot of people that found it quite hard to make mm-hmm. that decision or yeah. speak to their family. What was that experience like for you? How did you meet Oleg?
0: So, Oleg um, was, this is a Bollywood story. Now. Okay. I said Bollywood. <laughs> I said Bollywood. He was the very first guy I saw on the very first day of uni. No okay. joke. Okay. it was like, <laughs> um, okay, well, not quite. But so we, um, my parents dropped me off at the main university hall mm-hmm. or like area, um, and uh, took out my luggage, put me in the main square, and were like, "Good luck with the next four years of your life." And I'm 17, straight off a flight from India in a hoodie with all this luggage, being like, "Okay, I guess I'm gonna figure out this whole student life thing now." <laughs> and this guy uh, in my head who looked like James Dean is like walking up to me in this bright red t-shirt that said granddad. And um, because the context is that he was a student body president. And so him and his team were grandparents. Right. And Then the elder students were parents and we were the new kids. Right. And so our parents were the ones who kind of took us around. But the grandparents organized everything that week. So he's wearing this granddad t-shirt. And I'm like... And then he comes up to me and, and he's like, hi, are you a new student? Can I help you? Yeah. Bollywood. Mm-hmm. And instantly I was like, "Why not? God, who is this hot guy? Oh my gosh, my <laughs> God, I don't and i end straight off the flight. Totally local, a- I don't yeah. even know how I look. Yeah. And um, he's like, why don't you come sit inside my office? I'll sort you out. And mm-hmm. I'm like, who is he? And back then as a 17 year old, whenever I got slightly nervous, mm-hmm. I would get bitchy. And so he is being so kind to me. And I'm kind of like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, where are you from? Oh, India. Wow, what a fascinating country. Tell me more. I'm like, yeah, it's it's cool. Whatever. Okay, bye. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Bye. And the funny thing is, years later, we went on our first date, and Oleg says it today as well that he met 700 students that week, all new students. He does not remember how he met any of his friends for the first time. He remembers exactly who I was, what I was wearing, what I said to him. <laughs> so there was. That initial spark that Mm we both had. In chemistry. But exactly, like undeniably, like the room could explode. Like there was that initial tension, Mm -hmm. but because I was 17, he was 21. We're a four-year difference. And he was in his final year. I was in my first year. We didn't have any classes, nothing together. Yeah. That he graduated soon after. So nothing really happened. Was he living here still? No, he moved to London, actually. So okay. he got kings, became a diplomat, got in love. Wow. Um, and I kind of started my journey as an influencer. All that stuff happened. But we always wished each other happy birthday. Yeah. That was the only contact. One of those happy birthdays became into a, hey, whenever you're back in town, I'd love to take you out for a meal. And back in uni, he was quite notoriously a bad boy okay and so I was kind of like he is not on my radar no, like yeah. no way. but then he was so like if you want to ask me on a date uh and you can wait like mm-hmm. I'm gonna play you a bit now because I don't trust you mm-hmm. he waited for six months um <laughs> and he kept saying whenever, whenever you're ready, whenever I'm like okay fine let me give let me get this guy a shot now. yeah so we went on our first date in July 2015 and we both knew immediately three months later I think we were official even despite living in different countries and three months after that it was New Year's Eve and he came up to my ear and he whispered he said this is the year I'm gonna ask you to marry me and I was like oh "Oh my god God. (laughs) and then we did and we got engaged and we got married and then we had a baby and
1: (laughs) here we are (laughs) and in that so was it difficult to kind of break that
0: to your parents in terms of that interracial side um I would say less difficult than perhaps a lot of stories I've heard, just because I think my like, parents already had a bit more of an open mind because we were in Europe mm-hmm. and, you know, they weren't naive, to you know, that we're only going to fall for Indians mm-hmm. yeah, or like people within our community. So I think that, but still, I'm sure till today, my dad would be way happier if it was a Punjabi and he yes. had like a... We son-in-law, blah, 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 drinking whiskey <laughs> in the side. But Oleg does all of that with him now. Yeah. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, my parents really wanted what would make me happy. Um, mm-hmm. And my brother had kind of already broken it for me because he had, a, he had a Danish girlfriend. Okay. So it was kind of already the family like, okay, yeah. we're going out of the normal expected thing. Yeah. Um, and like I, if you meet him, you'll know he's just such a warm, he fantastic human being. That he made my mom fall in love with him in like <laughs> 20 minutes flat. My <laughs> dad, like they just were so drawn to his warmth and like his cultural understanding. And yeah. like he, he fits right in, like a glove. Yeah. Like it's not like it would be the Gora who stands out. Like yeah. you know, like sore thumb as uncomfortable exactly. or anything. Yeah, like he just fits in into everything. And um, I think that really made it easy. So my family was fine. The community online, though. Oh, my goodness. Like the amount of Stockholm syndrome comments I got that you're marrying the colonizer and that you just want um, that you're doing it because you have like sexual issues and that you want it. It was so weird. And especially around our wedding A lot of um, patriotic um, and kind of, you know, manly men and like the Hindu nationalists. It was so weird, like, that I married outside my religion, married outside. Um, So I think that was more difficult than my Mm -hmm. own family, in fact. Um,
1: Being online and kind of sharing so much is often, you know, there's there's perks about it, Mm -hmm. but there's often that other side where it's really difficult to deal with the constant comments and hate. Knowing that and being in this industry for so long, Mm You walked the canned red carpet mm-hmm. and you had an allergy reaction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Tell me about that. Because for people who don't know, yeah, you know, that must have taken a lot of guts knowing what an audience can do and say mm-hmm. to still push yourself yeah. and be so brave and be so authentic and say, hey, look, this is me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that was a difficult moment. But How did it start? So my daughter, Dua, she went to daycare and she picked up a strep throat. So it was like a bacterial infection in her throat. We didn't know about it back then, obviously. So she was slightly sick, but she recovered quite quickly. And my sister went to pick her up first. So then 24 hours after that, my sister started getting a weird throat issue. And then the next morning she woke up with a swollen face. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's happening here? And it's highly... um, Contagious. Contagious, uh, indeed. And so, and that was the day before I left to Cannes. And I was like, okay, okay, just pray nothing's going to happen. It's going to be fine. But now we didn't really know what was happening, to be honest. Yeah. Before I was kind of sick, and then she was fine, and then none had this insane reaction. And then I went flew to can already having a slight fever and a bit of a throat issue. But I was like, you know what? It's fine. It, mm-hmm. It'll be fine. Let's just fly. Right. We're going to sleep a lot. The next morning, wake up, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um arrived at Cannes. The fever got slightly worse overnight. And then the next morning I woke up looking like Shrek. Like it was unreal. Like I just couldn't believe my eyes. And like this has never happened to me before. And my sister and I looked identical at that point because of this very contagious infection. Um, And our body just reacted in this way. And um, yeah. And then it just, I, I don't even have words like what, what was processing through my mind at that point because I'm like now what do we cancel Mm -hmm. do I not go because my fever is also getting worse like this is not working Um, but I'm here now should I just suck it up and go and I just I was just going in waves of what am I going to do and then I remember video calling my mother um, Mm -hmm. and just bawling and bawling and And obviously she was there with me then so she's seen this all happen like um, from real life and Called my mom. And my mom was absolutely amazing. And um, in the beginning, she was freaking out too. Which she's like, nay, but just come home. Like, forget mm-hmm. it. Like, you don't need to do this. Why? Mm-hmm. You've done everything you could. Like, it's fine. And then and then she called me back and she's like, I thought about it. You're going to go on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I can't. It's like, I look like Shrek, mom. I look like yeah. a monster. Like, this is what happened to beauty and everything. And I'm literally <laughs> emotional. But, um... She was like, um, and I felt at that point, too, that beauty is not your face. And you, walking Cannes, is not for your beauty. It's for the representation. It's for the message. And you didn't get to Cannes only because of your beauty. You got there because of your determination, because of what you stand for, how your community resonates with your story. Like, those are messages way bigger then your face and your hair, that's all going to fade at one point. And I think the strongest of all was at one point I thought, you know, there must be girls all over the world at uni and work. And at one point, don't feel 100%. Don't feel their beautiful self or don't have acne or have a reaction or something and that they don't want to show up. Mm -hmm. And if you can show up looking like this and feeling like this, that is going to be an example for them to be like, if you fucking do it, I can. can? Mm-hmm. Being like, Shrek, mm-hmm. I can do it. Um, and it was still, despite that decision, extremely difficult. Like on the makeup chair, just tears and tears and tears. And the makeup artist at one point literally got mad at me. She's like, will you stop? I can't stop Like, cleaning your mascara all the time. And then it was finally done. Um, and we put on the dress and we had it. And the funny thing is, dress number one didn't fit. Like this is information no one knows because... My body swole up too. I literally, the dress wouldn't zip. Dress number two didn't fit. It just, and so we went for like the option that wasn't even an option because it was the only thing that would like barely zip up on my very swollen body. The white dress, um, right? Yeah, I, I think, think so. Like yeah, a gold. The, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. It was yeah. the only one that fit. So um, then I was like, fine, let's just go with this. Like I even wore, and I don't feel like myself. It's not a dress I want to wear. It's not, forget it. It's just one of those days, and and we pulled up at the red carpet, and of course thousands of photographers, the whole world watching, and I did it, and it was, um, yeah, one of those moments. I think I'm gonna look back at when I tell my grandkids about one day, like you know, it just was a very defining and like a core memory now. Yeah, Um, and I'm proud.
1: You should be. I mean, I'm teary now listening to it because I can imagine in that moment, you think, you know being invited there, I know you've been invited for years and years and you yeah. were the first, one of the first Indian influencers ever to be there, right? But going, it's such a special, big achievement. You want to feel your best. And naturally, whenever you're doing anything like this, you're always have self-doubt, right? Mm-hmm. Do I look nice? Does yeah. this look nice? Yeah. But for something like that to happen so suddenly and to kind of manage the team as well, because I'm sure you were like, you were working with the designer for the dress and you were working with some of the makeup. Of course. You have to communicate that to yeah. everyone else, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's what's the toughest part that mm-hmm. people don't see. It's not yeah. just you turning up no. and managing your own emotions. It's It's how do reality. you communicate with everyone else? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Oh, and you know, that thing that you said around other people, you know, yeah. I believe we all have days where we think our hair doesn't look nice or our body doesn't look nice and yeah. we have you know, we look in the mirror and we think I'm not beautiful. Yeah. And like you said, beauty is from within. Yeah. But a lot of people message me and they say they struggle with their confidence. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to younger girls who are kind of going through that moment? And what did you tell yourself in that moment to feel confident?
0: At at that moment, it was just bigger than me, you know, and it wasn't about deeper the influence of walking the word carpet. It was about All of us facing our fears. So it became that. It became more about the message for me than me. Mm. Um, But in general life, I think confidence for me is like a muscle. I wasn't Mm. born confident. I was actually, in fact, a very unconfident child growing up. Mm. Like I hide behind my mom and not really want to talk to people. And sometimes I don't believe even that was me. But it's really... A muscle you need to work on, and mm-hmm. put yourself in uncomfortable positions constantly. Mm-hmm. When uncomfortable, just becomes comfortable at one point. Yeah. Like, even yes. public speaking, mm-hmm. believe it or not, I couldn't. Like I would, like be <laughs> you know, shaking, my heartbeat. Like I couldn't do it. I even remember clearly as a kid, I I had to like dress up as Hermione Granger on stage. Yeah. I was twelve or something, and I just froze. <laughs> I just froze <laughs> on stage, and then. Cried And then somebody's like, you can come out now. I don't think you're doing your thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had so much stage fright mm-hmm. that I just kept putting myself on stage. Mm-hmm. TED Talk, next TED Talk, Harvard mm-hmm. Business School, next thing, next thing, next thing. Then at one point, that just becomes normal. Yeah. And that's how confidence works. And put yourself in uncomfortable positions and just take yourself through it. And then yeah. it'll become second nature at one point. I love that. Yeah, now, sure.
1: talking of uncomfortable things, yeah. I'm sure when you started Indie Wild, mm-hmm. <laughs> nice product placement here. I'm sure when you started it, which I use every day, by the way, and I have been for three months before someone says, oh, it's just another marketing ploy. Oh, <laughs> but I've been using it you. for three months mm-hmm. and it is amazing. So tell me about it. Why did you start this company? Because there are a lot of skincare companies out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What's so special about IndieWild?
0: Yeah. Um, firstly, I think in the wild, I really believe is a destiny brand. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a brand that is bigger than me. That's Again, and maybe that's yeah. a red thread you hear from everything I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like if you're born on this earth you need you do things bigger than yourself. Yeah. I and mean, I truly believe in the world's that. And the story behind it is my mom is an Ayurvedic doctor and dermatologist. So I grew up in a world of skincare, in a world of Ayurvedic practices. Like we would wake up with mantras at 5 a.m. and do meditation Mm -hmm. and yoga. But at the same time, mom was a dermat. So she would know what ingredients to put. So this very fusion life was my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then fast forward to when I was a teenager, I had really bad acne, like a lot of teenagers do. But mine lasted until I was 22. And so it just did not go away. So it wasn't just the teenage hormone thing. Mm -hmm. It just kept going. I think I did a lot of... um, bad decisions along the way too with acne one of the worst things you can do is try too many things yeah but being stubborn and not knowing much back then mm-hmm. i would try a new product next next mm-hmm. next try i really try homeopathy try siddha, try modern medicine dermatology like everything my skin barrier was like completely damaged and the acne was everywhere mm-hmm. literally everywhere and then finally um my mom being a dermatologist at one point was like honey you need to stop now and we're going to put you on Roaccutane, which okay. is the highest, like strongest. That's very harsh. Yeah, very harsh. Um, but like, if you go on this, you promise me you're going to change your lifestyle as well because it's a very harsh drug. You need to become very healthy and start living a more kind of holistic life as well. So what that lesson taught me was that the combination of chemistry with Ayurveda, which is something that people have known for 5000 years but backing that with science gave me this supernova combination that did it for me cuz mm-hmm. ayurveda is slow beauty it's maintenance it's life it's lifestyle it's mm-hmm. something you got to just keep doing your whole life while chemistry is innovation it's science backed it's harder harder hitting right. and for me I've not seen that combination before. Like yeah. you have Ayurvedic brands that are very, so true. very heritage first, very, you know, Ayurvedic heavy. Mm-hmm. And also their packaging is rather well. um, from moms and grandmoms. Like it's beautiful, but it's yeah. not of the modern Desi person. And um, while the modern Desi person, we are, I think we have this very... Um, very beautiful friction point that we can all relate to. And I think a lot of minority cultures can, where on the one hand, we love our culture. We love our heritage. We love our mom, my grandmother, food, weddings, all of that stuff, but we're not our mother and grandmother. Correct. We're the women of today. We believe in fact and science, and we believe in innovation and where the world works. And but it's a beautiful friction. Like it's a celebration when it's not mm-hmm. like an anti one. Yeah. And so in a while is the embodiment of that in a product. It is for that modern day woman who believes in everything mom and grandmom said, like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Put turmeric, put it on your face. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, we get it. But we science back that. And we're mm-hmm. like, yes, with vitamin C and let's clinically test the entire product to be like, Yes, I that works. Mom and Grandma were right. Yeah. Um, and we're going to put some amazing ingredients that dermatologists say work too and give you this incredible bringing together of both. And I mean, the reviews we've had and the kind of sales we've done, mm-hmm. I guess are a testament to that. And, and most importantly, I think using our community and really mm-hmm. building a community brand, not like a buzzword, yeah. but we truly have had them part of the journey. Like it's mm-hmm. people like you and me who sat across me in focus groups for like yeah. months on end, telling me what their pain points were, telling me we yeah. want a vitamin C serum that mm-hmm. actually works for our skin type. We want an SPF that is mineral that doesn't, you know, yes. they said that to me. And so we, at mm-hmm. in think, well, really democratize beauty. It's about what do the people want? They listen to you. And then go tell our experts, please create something for what they've said. Instead of me being like, I know best, yes, use this, use this, use this. Um, it's it's good the script. Um, and so it is so community driven in its DNA that um I think also is the reason why people really like like the authenticity and the kind of oh, and we're just really honest about it. Um, mm-hmm. like the fact that all our ingredients. Yeah, And the percentages of our hero ingredients are written on the packaging. I don't know of too many other brands or maybe any other brands who do that to that level yeah. of, you know, honesty. It's like, we, yes, we have niacinamide, but at this percentage. Yes, yes, we have squalene at this percentage and turmeric at this percentage. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm really proud of that. Part. You should be. And even your photos on here, yeah. none of them are filtered, no. right?
1: No. And they're all showing your true skin. And yeah. you know that... I think what I'm hearing from you, the theme is just be yourself and that authenticity runs through whichever work you're doing. Mm -hmm. But I've been a customer, like I said, for a while. And the thing I was most surprised about is for the price point and how much it is, it's huge. Yeah, The bottle (laughs) is huge. I remember receiving it and thinking, huh, like have they sent me a large one? Because normally when you buy serums, they're tiny bottles, they don't last a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to be consistent. You're right, because you have two different colours. Yeah. This is the other thing as well. It's very easy to distinguish. And I know that sounds simple, but yeah. for someone like me who really isn't that much into skincare. Yeah. I've read your reviews. Yeah. I bought both of them. Oh. And I've been using them for ages. And I really feel like they do give me a bit of a glow. But I'm You're not totally really a glowing. I'm, <laughs> no bias. But I'm not really a skincare fanatic because yeah. I think now it's so complex, right? Yeah. There's so many layers. You have to use this and this mm-hmm. and this. This is easy. I just use this. Yeah. The SPF drops Yeah. and I use a moisturizer. Yeah. Sometimes I don't even use a moisturizer yeah. because this is quite nourishing yeah, in itself. It is, it is. And so for me, it's like a very simple, easy routine. And yeah. I think that's what people love about yeah. it too.
0: Yeah. And I think that was also very intentionally done. It was instead of you using many different products with exactly. single ingredients in it, we we'll give you seven products in one. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about buying so many things and having a seven step skincare routine and da 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 da. We've done the thinking for you because I'm basically a customer as well. Yeah. And we get the experts to back it all, clinically tested, like create it in the optimal percentages, da 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 da. Everything exactly. is done, put into one bottle you know you're good to go to work after yeah. this one. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Now, yeah. the thing I
1: haven't tried yet yeah. is this oil. Yeah. Now, this oil in the campaign with your mum mm. is so powerful. And your mum has the most amazing, most people, you do as well, but your yeah. mum's hair is like down to hair, I'm right? Real. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that campaign with your mum. So mum... Mom, to me, is I think one of the most beautiful women in every way. Like her aura is unreal. If she would walk into this room now, she would just like yeah. absorb us in with her like insanely beautiful energy. On top of that, of course, she's very spiritual. But Mung's mm-hmm. hair is such a like part of her identity now. Because she's mm-hmm. a Punjaban and she had a uh, really long hair since she was young, because it just she never has cut it because it's part of her thing. But when she was a teenager, um, she, for the first time, built this hair oil on pure intuition, and it's a true story. Like she, literally, my uh, her grand, my granddad, her dad would pray and would ask her from the garden in Chennai, even though the Punjabis who live in Chennai, yeah. to get hibiscus flowers to offer to God, and then she would bring them, and the the next day the flowers would have to be thrown, and so mom always felt bad because she's like these are blessed flowers, I can't just throw them in the bin. So what she did with the hibiscus flowers, and she had no idea at that point that they had any good ingredients or good, you know, any like active ingredients in hibiscus that's good for hair, nothing. She just knew that. And she put it together with a combination of like sesame and coconut oil and stuff because her mom would have said something like these are good. And then just, you know, how us do our Mm chumpy. She started doing the chumpy with that oil. Over the course then of the next many decades, as mom's journey in life grew and she became ayurvedic doctor and then moved to Delhi and then to Uti and then to Pondicherry for a bit, like all around India and then to Holland at the end as well. She, as she got more and more knowledgeable, added more and more ingredients into it. So this hair oil is so comprehensive. It has 16 oils and herbs in it from Raj, brahmi, amla, fenugreek seed, like literally any. Any herb that you could think of that yeah. could help with hair growth is pretty much in there. But for me, one of the most beautiful things is Ayurvedic hair oils usually stink. They do because the herbs are intense. Mum mm-hmm. did a small stint at Oroville mm-hmm. in Pondicherry, which is you can Google it, it's this amazing ashram, but they focus on aromatherapy. Okay. And they focus on how essential oils can change mood and make you sleep better. So she did this entire course on aromatherapy. And then since then she's been obsessed with scent. But natural, like, um, you know, essential oils kind of scent. So the beauty of this oil is that it has champa, lavender, and um, jasmine okay, to you. give you that self-care, stress, mm. stress-free stress moment. And that to me is also, I think, the reason why this oil is so popular is because people expect to get the stinky Ayurvedic hair oils. Yeah but it's like actually smells amazing. Yeah. And so it has the benefits of everything you would want, mm-hmm. plus more like for hair growth and density and conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also doesn't smell horrible. So you can just kind of keep it on all day if you want. Um, amazing. I, yeah. And so for the launch campaign, so when I first actually asked mom, um, sh- can I, can we do this? Like, can we, you know, our brand, and I was well, doing really well. And I yeah. said, actually, mom, you're, your oil would be like an homage to everything and Mm. our our culture and all that good stuff. She said, no. It was like... (laughs) Like my mom. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, it's a family secret. I'm not going to tell the world about this. It's our thing, you know? (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I get that. I'm like, mom, the world could benefit so much from it. But she just felt really uncomfortable with the whole thing. She's like, but it's like so personal. It's my, my life. Like if this oil, what like, you know, I don't even know... Like, have you, like, tested it? Will it even work for people? She was really doubtful about all of that. And I was like, mom, you know what? Let's just create it first. Mm -hmm. We'll test it. And then we'll see if everything you've done, you know, has worked out. She said, no, no, no. Finally, it was her birthday last year. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think, again, I think this smells quite well, I think. But I was like, mom, this is your legacy. Mm -hmm. Like, please share this with the world. Like if people could have hair like you mm. um, and if people's like hair growth could stop and if people could, you know, hair is such a, in our culture, such an important, empowering thing. And I'm yes. like, if we could give people that through your story and through your journey, mm-hmm. um, that would be incredible. And she's like, fine, you're so good with your work. <laughs> and, and there is part of the journey of her writing down every ingredient that she put we awesome. took it to a lab, to an Ayurvedic lab in in um, India. And we got like their lead chemist to start kind of working on the recipe identical to Um uh, mm-hmm. obviously packaged it differently. And like the Chumpy Hair was a beautiful story as well. At one point, I, I've i always used this oil on a Sunday at Chumpy. Yeah. And I'm like, wait. And at one point I started kind of looking up. Nobody in the world had taken the name Chumpy Hair Oil. And I'm like, why? Can we, as in a world, give the world chumpy? Because the Western world doesn't even know what a chumpy is. No, like the I same didn't. way we gave them Ayurveda mm-hmm. and we gave mm-hmm. them meditation and yoga. A chumpy is a five thousand year old head massage technique using oil that is, I think the reason some Indians have the most insane hair. Yeah. And so we decided to call it the Chumpy Hair Oil and and use that kind of ritual within the products. And and then obviously mom being the face of everything. And we launched and it was, I think, one of the most insanely successful launches we've done so far. It
1: really is amazing. And you know, I wish we had more time because I have so much to ask you and so much to speak about. I felt, you know, just so in awe of your journey and I hope one day we can do a part two
0: yes I would love
1: that thank you so much for having me and yeah I will see you for part two everyone and thank you so much for listening and watching this podcast wherever you're listening or watching if you could please press the follow like and subscribe button it would really mean the world to me